Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Welcome, legends, or welcome back if you're a regular. You're about to step into rugby league heaven with no less than 12 interviews in the next 45 minutes or so. It's been another massive week in footy. There's actually no such thing as a quiet one, is there? Love it. Last weekend, the topic we put up on our Instagram at the Andy Raymond was relating to Nathan Cleary's tackle on Billy Walters. I gave you guys three options. One, the match review committee got it right. Two, the match review committee got it wrong. And three, the match review committee gives big name players preferential treatment. We had over 830 votes and here's how you lot saw it. Got it right, 11%. Got it wrong, 35%. Big names do get special treatment, 54%. Overwhelming majority say it would have been different if it wasn't Nathan. I'm not going to argue. You guys have had your say. I'm running with you. 12 interviews, some footy chat, some retro stuff, some absolute nonsense as well. This is Rugby League's hottest podcast, the podcast the players listen to. This is The Weekly Wodge. You've been warned. Every player has one opponent or one team they really get up for. Their own personal rivalry. For a heap of different reasons, though, Liam Knight from South Sydney has joined us. Who's your either player or teammate that, that it's just so easy to get up and play? Mate, I love playing against Manly. I've uh, got some good mates back there, Tommy and Jakey. I, um, it's always good to beat Manly. I've never lost to Tom and Jake. They play for Australia, they play for Origin, but me personally, I've never lost to either one of them, so that's what I'll take to me. I'll take with me. If I ever lose, I'll have to give it away, but at the moment, I've got a good record against the boys. That's where it all started for you, mate. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a double, double-edged sword for me. It's really nice to get that win every time for a lot of reasons. You played 20s there, and off the top of my head, your debut was there, but it was just one game in 2016. Does that sound right? Yeah, debuted. Had a nice moment. Broke my foot in the first 30 seconds. So it was um, 
wasn't always, it wasn't exactly what it was meant to be, but no, I love my town, man. I mean, I love the, there's a lot of good boys back there still, so it's, um, it's a good place. We'll be watching with added interest next time you play them. Thanks for the chat, mate. Good luck on the weekend. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. I can guarantee MT our guest will never, ever forget this date. Wednesday, the 14th of July, 2021. It was his State of Origin debut, Thomas Flegler. I reckon for a young fella from Tully, this is dream come true stuff. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was um, It was all lucky how it turned out, actually. Um, so I got selected in the squad and then... A few things happened during the camp and then I only got t- told about three days out that I was playing. So I was obviously very excited and, um, yeah, it was a great experience. Who told you and then who did you tell and, and ring first? Um, Greeny told me it when we were training one day at the grounds and then, um, yeah, I rang my parents straight away after training and, and let them know playing. And right on cue, my phone rings. How good's that? Um, was there tears? Family tears or or you tears? Not really an emotional family as as <laughs> such for that. No, it was just more the excitement. Everyone was pretty happy. So yeah. What stands out from the game, mate, or, or the night, the experience? Um. Well, we end up getting the win, which is pretty good. Yep. But um, I guess you're that nervous leading up to it. By the time you've got on the field and you and you've come off. You kind of goes that quick. You can't really remember it as much. It's sort of over in the blink of an eyelid. But yeah, it was just awesome to be out there and actually be playing. It was a cracking game of footy too, wasn't it? I mean, it was an absolute belter. Yeah, it was. It was a good game. It was. It got moved to Seabus, which was good. It was in in Queensland, even yeah. though there was more New South Wales supporters at the game. But um, yeah, no, it was great fun. Out of curiosity, who were your origin heroes growing up? Um. Oh, I guess when Queensland went through that winning phase where they won eight eight in a row or, or whatever it was, something like that, um, their forward pack as a whole was definitely one of the best in the comp. So, uh, Corey Parker and Sam Dydan blocks of that, they were all, all up there, yeah. Does Corey still tell you how good he was? Yeah, always. Yeah, he, goes. <laughs> he hasn't changed. No doubt there'll be plenty more Maroon jerseys for you in the future, mate. Really appreciate the insight. Looking back on your debut, appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Hey, legends. I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. On that note, galaxyfinance.com.au. Galaxyfinance.com.au and ask for Leanne.
Okay, we've been chatting with a few of the lads over the course of the weekly watch on Andy Raymond Unfiltered about uh, burger reviews or schnitty reviews, palmy reviews, pizza reviews, whatever food they take. Uh, Keegan Hipgrave's a bit of a beast in the kitchen, mate. You make your own burger. Run us through uh, what's on the plate. Uh, I'm all for a chicken schnitzel burger. Oh, yes. Uh, we crumb it ourselves, uh, a good little brioche bun, um, and then just your standard lettuce, tomato, cheese. Um, and then if you want to put like a little garlic aioli with fresh garlic on the top, salt, peps, and yeah, it's good to go. What's the key to cooking a good schnitty? Um, I think good panko crumbs. Yes. Uh, get the chicken, flour, egg, uh, panko crumbs, and then just get it really crispy, and that's the that's the trick. Okay, next time I'm in Sydney, oh, mate, you get a dinner date. You're going to have to yeah, cook, right. cook, cook, for the, cook for the big fella, and we'll sit there and <laughs> pig out on, uh, on some schnitty burgers. Thanks for dropping in, mate. We love our burger and schnitty talk on Andy Raymond Unfiltered, and I think we've got the right guy because we're going to do something different. We've got Joey Stimson from the Bulldogs. You're going to go to back in your hometown of Tamora, mate. What's the story? I do, mate. I do. It's, it's called the Tiger Moth Cafe, and it's been there since I was a little kid. And yeah, it's funny, it always relates back to footy every Friday night. It was, it was chippy night at the Stimson household, and uh, – yeah. Always used to go to schnitzel burger and chips, bit of chicken salt and bit of gravy on the burger. And um, yeah, that's always been my favorite. And every time I go home, I always sort of sneak one in every now and again. So yes, yeah, so if everyone, anyone goes to the Tamora, the Tiger Moth Cafe, just to um, yeah, the left of the second roundabout going to Wagga, that of uh, third roundabout, sorry, that's, that's the place to be. Mention Joe Stimson, you might get a discount. You also might get a kick up the arse. <laughs> exactly right. One or two. That's what you get. <laughs> it's awesome to be teaming up with Retro Rugby League videos, a Facebook page for the hardcore and tragic footy fan just like us. From the old Commonwealth Bank Cup to first grade, the collection of videos weekly is insane. Check them out, legends. Go to Facebook and simply search Retro Rugby League Videos. You'll love it. What about the three-episode Paul Harrigan Legends series interview this week? Unbelievable. If you haven't, just do it. It is must-listen. It's all-time. Another all-timer next week as we chat with World Cup winning captain, the great Nathan Kalis. In that year, Jared Hayne, 21, that run of form, Dalian medal, and in 10 weeks he had shot to superstardom. We've both known Jared for a long time. Confidence has never been an issue for Jared. I'm not going to ask you if you had to. How many times did you have to, as captain, pull in the kid and pull his head in? Uh, Yeah, there was a lot of of conversations I had with Jared. I I got on really well with Jared. Uh, Jared's someone who's very confident, like you say, and I I don't think he sort of had a lot of, I don't know how to put this the right way, but I knew he respected me. I, I had a good connection with him. 
Um, you know, Jared sort of grew up, him and, it was pretty much him and his mother. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a father figure around there for a long, long time. So, you know, whether that was a little bit to do with with, with some other things that have happened, a bit yep. of that leadership. So I just try to give him the guidance, not to come down hard, um, just to try and guide him and, mate, I'm not sure about this, I, I reckon you should do this. And yep. you know, just have those little conversations there. I, I don't really believe in – and I'm someone who's – I'll be – very animated on the field, but off the field, I don't believe in the whole blow up and rant and rave thing. I don't. I just don't really believe in that too much. So, mm-hmm. just try to put things into perspective for him. You know, should we have done more? Then you know, we thought we were all doing as much as we could. Mm. At, at some stage, you know, it sort of goes back to the old stake in the tree thing. Yeah, you, know, you got to have that guidance all the way through. And um, you know. Great young kid. I, I, I really sensed a real change in Jared when he left the game and went over to the U, uh, the US. Yeah, went and played with the 49ers. He came back that year in the middle of the year. They had a break. He came back, and I remember chatting to him. And I went home to my wife and said, "Jared's really matured. Yes, he's really matured. He's, he's grown up. He's easy to talk to. Yep. He's holding conversations really well. Um, you know, as a young kid, I suppose he, he shot through and." Everyone talks about Jared shooting the stardom in 09, mm. but it was back in 06. He started as a 17-year-old. Yeah. Brian wouldn't put him in the team because he, he felt Jared's got to learn a bit more. But when JT took over, Brian yep. Smith um, finished up at Para mid-year. JT brought him straight in. He was a star right from the start, mate. Yeah. He was scoring tries, taking intercepts. 07, he was outstanding. Yes. He, he polled a number of 10s in Rugby League Week, mm. him and Kristen Inu. Were enormous together, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't just 09 all of a sudden. Let's check an interview from early in the piece, Daily Cherry Evans, episode eight. Does does responsibility and leadership sit well with you? My answer as an observation of you is yes. I think it from where I sit, it's a it's probably a natural personal trait of yours. Um, I think. Now I can admit, yes, I, I do feel as though I hold some natural attributes that, yeah. you know, people reference as leadership. So, um, but the actual title and the label of it all, um, it scared me a yeah. lot. And it, and it for as long as I can remember, um, I didn't want to be captain of any side. Um, for the life of me, I didn't want it. Um, there was a period there where yeah. Jamie Lyon was in his sort of, Injury retirement year, mm. um, and Jake and Jamie Vera were sort of co-captaining through the year, and then you know everyone kept asking that next season, well, who's going to be Manly's captain moving forward? And for anyone that would ask me, I didn't want it. I just I didn't want the label. Yeah. I knew I knew I could still help the team. I knew I could still be a leader. I could I was still the halfback, yeah. so I was naturally going to be in in around everything. So. But the actual title itself, I just was like, nah, this, it just doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't fit right. And I'm happy to further like my leadership, but I don't need that. Jake can have that, you know, whoever they wanted to pick. Keeping the Queensland flavour and there's no more Queensland than this fella, Brent Tate. What a year that was. You, you debuted as an Origin player, named Brisbane Rookie of the Year and a spot for the Kangaroos the end of the year. That's the stuff dreams are made of, isn't it? Yeah, it happened really quickly, Andy. Um, I remember my cousin come and watch me. And I sort of don't want this to sound like I'm big note myself or anything, but he came and watch a Colts game um, one year and he said, you'll play for Australia in your first year. 
My cousin said that to me. Really? Yeah, he did. I'll never ever forget it. And I was, I was like, yeah, I don't know. He just, he just said that. He goes, "You'll play for Australia the first year you ever play." And I was only, I would have been seventeen at the time playing Colts. Um, I've got another Wayne Bennett story. I think when I actually got named in the Australian side, I think it was only after sixteen games or something like that. So it, it happened pretty early in mm. my career. And I remember it was a Sunday night. We played Cowboys at QE two, and we used to go back to the Bronx for my um, presentation night. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'd come through the announcement that um, you know I got named in the Australian side, and my family was there, and like all the fans and all the boys were That's coming special. up. Yeah, it, well, it was it was it sort of come over the, the loud mic, so wow. everyone was like clapping, and and I'll never forget Wayne sort of strolled over, really, uh, you know, as he does, yeah. and he shook my hand, and he uh, and he pointed to my chest, and he said, "It's only four people's opinion," and then just walked off. <laughs> That's what Wayne did. Hey Wayne, <laughs> and I was like. Fuck off. Also, yeah. <laughs> but, but in a way, it was Wayne's way of keeping my feet on yeah. the ground. You know what I mean? And Wayne has those special moments, yeah. you know, those ways of doing it. Like, it was almost like, you know, congratulations, mate. And then he, it's four people's opinion. Never forget that. <laughs> Strolled off and I was like, oh, shit. You know him well enough inside his heart. Oh, he would yeah. have been absolutely wrapped for you, but he, he wasn't allowed to no, show No, no, he wasn't showing me. And he was, he was keeping my feet on the ground. But, um, yeah, we went to the airport that night. Um, and yeah, went went down to Sydney and um, far out. That was got a really cool moment too. Um, that I'll just touch on as well, Andy. It's a cool story. My under thirteens coach um, name was Trevor Gosling. He used to have um, he had he had a one leg, and we used to have to call him Mister Gosling. So mm. he was probably the first coach who taught me that you had to work hard at footy. Yep. Anyway, we played that year um, with Mister Gosling, and I remember him saying to me, "He goes." If you ever make your test debut, he said, I'm going to go. And he said, I don't care where it is. Wow. So that was cool. So I went to Sydney, um, debuted against the Poms, I think it was. Um, and as I was walking off the field, right next to the tunnel was Mr. Gosling. Serious? He, yeah. He, he lived up it. to his word, yeah. So, um, yeah, mate, it was, it was, that, was a, that made it all the more special because I'll never forget him, him telling me that. And then when I walked off and just – he was just sitting there smiling, waving. That's special. Yeah, it was really cool. I was like, far out. Like, that's like, – and I called him Mr. Gosling because I respected him, mate. Yeah. Yeah. The Great Brent Winton Tate, episodes 38 and 39. They are Sats and Cosa. I told you I'd get it in. The Great Brent Winton Tate. Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, Swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. Any episode, any time, even if you missed an episode or are new to the podcast, doesn't matter at all. Our entire library is ready to listen to when you're ready to listen. The episodes don't date ever and will make sense. Doesn't matter when they were released. So feel comfortable downloading the whole lot. You will love them. Here's a chat with Sharks captain Wade Graham from last season. There's a saying that's been around longer than the game itself. You don't have to be a captain to be a leader. Well, this guy is both Wade Graham. To you, what's a leader in rugby league club? Um, 
I suppose from a team point of view, someone you can rely on. Yep. Uh, someone you can have an honest conversation with and not have to worry about um, where the conversation goes. And someone that'll that'll turn up for you when you, when you need them, really. There's a difference between leader and captain, isn't there? I think there is. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, to be a captain, you have a, you need to have a lot of leading qualities. Yep. Um, but to have a successful team, club, organisation, you need to have a lot of quality leaders amongst the group. It's just, um, I suppose for me as a leader, I've, you know, I rely on my other senior guys yep. in the team and the coaching staff as much as, as anything throughout the week. I'm just there to pretty much communicate my opinions here, their, their opinions, and then sort of mould them all in the one direction mm. and help guide that direction. Um, but yeah, any any team that I've been in, in that has been successful has had like multiple leaders. Yeah, there's a captain who sort of stands out in front, you know, leads the team onto the park and is the face of a lot of things off the field, takes all of that pressure and um, all the distractions, sort of stands in front of that and, and the team sits behind. You've developed a leadership position at the Sharks. Is it a natural position for you or something you've had to actually work pretty hard on? Um, I think it's sort of naturally always come to me. In the juniors, yeah. I was always, you know, a captain or, or a leader, even though I was playing in, you know, teams that were, you know, teams that I was young for. Yep. I'd always sort of take towards those positions. Mainly as a junior, I think, just because I was – you know, I was probably a good communicator. Yep. Well, not, not necessarily a good not a good communicator, but I was never afraid to ask a question. If I didn't understand something, I was never afraid to um, just ask or voice yep. an opinion. I, I'm never afraid to challenge ideas either. Like if I don't, um, if I, if we're doing something and I, and I think there's a better way to do it, or what, I want to know why we're doing it this way, I'll ask. Yep. Not in a way where I want to argue, but just because I want to know. Um, so I suppose those sort of traits always sort of put me to the forefront. And then as I've come into grade, I've, you know, been around a lot of guys, a lot of great leaders, you know, from the very start of my career, Petro Sivasiva, um, Lukey Lewis, uh, then come down to Cronulla, had, you know, Gowser there, yep. guys like Mickey Ennis come across who all this experience and guys I just could watch and, le- and, and learn with. And, um, and, yeah, it's just natural to develop that way. Great insight, Wado. Thanks for dropping in, mate. Chat soon. Any financial concerns, queries or questions, go to galaxyfinance.com.au and ask for Leanne. Tell her we sent you. It's a free chat for unfiltered listeners. Galaxyfinance.com.au This is Clarkie's Call. This is the time on the podcast every week where we want you to have your say on the podcast through this great man, our He's actually our Hall of Famer. He's our starting halfback, but he's our Hall of Famer. Clarky from Clarky's RL column. Clarky makes a call. You respond. Best responses make the podcast. Or most interesting responses make the podcast. Clarky, what's the call this week, my friend? G'day, Andy and listeners. This week we're going with Clarky's call for the NRL to pause the season for a week to allow for a genuine rep round that features multiple nations and countries. When you involve multiple nations, multiple cultures, it's an emotive debate. Um, The Kiwis want the Kiwis in, the Tongans want the Tongans in, the Fijians want the Fijians in, and so on. But I think we all see the benefit, surely, 
in this day and age of increasing the international presence? Is that what the fans are saying? Yeah, I'm surprised, Andy. I thought it would be quite a, a simple um, one for fans to agree with. But I would actually say that um, there was somewhat uh, a lot of disagreeing going on. And, and the main reason I could see in the comments was people just feel there's already a bit too much footy in the calendar year yeah. um, with Origin NRL season. And I sort of invoked a similar response when I mentioned the nines earlier this week on a separate post also. Leah and Luke Hanno on your Facebook post. A club's focus is to win the premiership. They won't risk having their star players getting injured. They won't release their players. Therein lies a huge issue, and and Leah and Luke have got that right. Yeah, I definitely agree. Not only from a club's perspective, but also from an NRL perspective. Um, They don't govern. They don't have their hands in any of the international rugby pies, so uh, it doesn't make enough sense for the NRL to risk having a star player injured and and the level of their competition reducing. Um, To follow on to that, Mickey Reeves said, you're implying that Australians care about international rugby league. And whilst I disagree, I see his point in the fact that Origin is still the pinnacle of our sport. Mm. Nick Ivan on Facebook said, I've said it a heap of times, State of Origin Sunday nights. But he put in brackets, ain't going to happen. Ratings aren't there. And Friday and Saturday can be internationals. I so want to see a Pacific Six Nations of Oz, NZ, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji and PNG. There's five teams on their day that could win that comp. Love it in theory. In theory, yes. I mean, that also does fill the broadcast uh, roles there for um, Fox or Nine in that regard. It could come down to the stage, sort of, Andy, where we have to introduce something like what soccer has, where uh, they have a system where once you play for a rep country, that's your country. It doesn't matter if they're a lower tier or a higher tier. I think that's definitely uh, where it might have to go. Scotty Palmer adds on and sort of follows on from me saying Origin is viewed as the pinnacle. He says... This should be on the State of Origin week. Play the State of Origin on a Wednesday and then follow on through the Thursday all the way to Sunday with um, all the other countries playing their rep games. Chris Harmons on Facey said, nah, they need a mid-season break. Play 12 rounds, three weeks for Origin and some test matches, then play another 12 rounds. No NRL games, missing star players. Injured players get a chance to recover. Could create a Polynesian Origin Series 2. I think in my perfect world, Chris has got this right, a block of NRL early, a block of NRL late, and an international bowl of of goodies in the middle of it. But no broadcaster, I don't think, is going to give up three weeks of NRL footy and, and lose momentum. Yeah, definitely. I think in this case, the NRL needs to accept, hey, we're going to take a few steps backwards, but eventually this is going to take us you know, miles forward in terms of progression around the world progressions for our game, progression for interest in the sport, um, and on top of everything, player safety. Having that that rest in the middle would be so important. I guess to sort of round out everyone's perspective and and to really show uh, the levels of disagreements here, uh, Pork Hunting's, Pork Hunt's Porking, sorry, on Instagram says he would rather see sort of an NBA all-star themed weekend where um, star players draft their teams and and, um, you know, yep. we sort of had these four super teams play against each other. So I think that sort of sums it up that there is some sort of appetite for a rep or an all-star weekend in the NRL. There's just a level of disagreement around how we get that to occur. Love your weekly call, mate. Always creates plenty of debate um, and, and plenty of chat. Some wonderful answers there. Uh, you are the king of social media, undefeated, undisputed. Where can we find you? 
If you're interested in any rugby league content, guys, I've got weekly segments that come out um, every single day throughout the week. Clarky's Rugby League column across social media. Every side has the superstars, the headline makers, most often the pretty boys out wide that take up all the room on the highlight reels. They also need the workers, these soft blokes on the wing and the centres. Often the unsung heroes, and there's a bloke who's been for the past two seasons at the Titans, I reckon, their unsung hero. Jamin Jolliffe, I don't mean to embarrass you, mate. I'm just a huge fan of the way you've been playing your footy. Um, And I may actually be the Sunshine Coast president of your fan club. It goes that far. You've found a consistency, mate, early in your career, and it's uh, it's something not a lot of young blokes are able to achieve. Yeah, well, I was um, probably on the – uh, older end of the spectrum, you see a lot of young front rowers coming to the game now, like your Payne Hasses and that, who are just these big barnstorming blokes. But yeah. I sort of took me time um, in reserve grade. Now, as I come out of the under-20 system, I wasn't a big fella and I needed that time to sort of develop physically mm. and, and mentally. So, you know, by the time I got my start at the Titans, um, I knew I was ready for it. And I, it, it was um, an easier transition for me, I guess. So, I think the timing was perfect. I don't think I probably could have done it any earlier. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think that, that sort of helped me a lot, being able to sort of um, find that consistency, I guess. I played a lot of footy against a lot of sort of grown, you know, old men and yeah. first-grade footballers. So, like uh, sort of a lot of old coaches would say, I sort of did me trade and, um, yep. yeah. Mate, that was one of the knocks on the under-20s, the NYC, that um, – you know, a, a lot of coaches, a lot of systems were sort of suggesting if you hadn't made it by 20, you weren't going to make it. And, and that was the knock on the NYC, that um, not everyone does make it at 20 years of age. So awesome to see you doing it. And it's harder for a front rower to be effective at a young age because mate, front rowers really aren't probably playing their best until 27, 28, 29 years of age. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you see a lot of great forwards now. They they start out, they, they, they're good when they're young, but like you said, they sort of hit their straps when they're sort of that 28, 29, they really find some form. And um, yeah, so you know, that's still a few years away for me. So hopefully I can keep building towards that and sort of play some really, really good football. Only a young pup, mate. Who are the guys or guys at the Titans that help you with your game and your preparation for the game, the the older mentoring types. I think a big one is um, Jared Wallace. Obviously, yep. when I when I come into the club, and actually as well, when I did sort of join the club, Ryan James just uh, redone his ACL, so I sort of got me start through his injury, which is it was unfortunate for him, but um, you know it was my opportunity, and I actually um, sort of sat sat down with him and sort of just soaked up as much as I could from him, and he, even um, during games and that, I'd, I'd come off. I was starting for a bit. I'd come off and I'd be on the bike on the sideline and he'd come down and just have a yarn with me. So That's cool. I took a lot That's away from him and, um, you know, he shared a lot of sort of valuable information. And also who I touched on, Jared Wallace, he um, he's a good mate of mine. So I feel like I can sit down and talk to him about anything. And he, um, yeah, he, he had my back through it. Uh, he, he really pushed me and he sort of gave me a lot of valuable sort of um, information as well on, you know, blokes who like to niggle and just sort of, yeah. You know, how to hold yourself in first grade. So, um, yeah, so that, those those two were the ones in my position that I, I sort of um, looked to for a bit of information. 
Great chat, great insight. Always a pleasure, Legend. We'll do it again soon. Sweet. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. We had some cracking reviews this week, actually. Really appreciate that, Legends. Big shout-outs to uh, Bo Carroll, Duncan Hurley, Charlie77N, Bundy Rabbit, The Daredevil, Chocolate Soldier, Possum Eyes 66 and Alan Flood. The winner of this week's Trucker's Cap goes to the reviewer who wrote this. My time is precious, my body fine. I don't mind a drop, but we'll brush the wine. I'm a desperate roosters man. I listen to your podcast on the can. Uh, keep up the great interviews, mate. I love them more than I love my missus. That is from the Clavelli Chook. Trucker's cap coming your way, big nuts. Thank you. Another milestone coming up in the next few weeks. Matty Eisenhuth of the Penrith Panthers will clock up his 100th NRL game. Congratulations, legend. Awesome achievement. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, pretty pretty stoked to go out there for the 100th time. Is there a favourite game along the journey, one that stands out for whatever reason? Um, oh, debut game. Yeah. Um, was probably up there, and then um, oh, there's atmospheres. You know, I remember there's one last round at Leichhardt Oval. We needed to win to make the eight against the Sharkies. Yeah, um, became a bit of a drama-filled sort of game. Yep. Someone went down in Walmart. Robbie Farah had a broken leg. That's right. Ended up sitting on the bench. Yeah, it was packed. It was, I've never seen like it was unbelievable. Mm. Anyway, but we came out and played rubbish but mm. <laughs> that's a game that sticks out in my mind like it was pretty cool and then um debut for the panthers pretty special and then probably first finals game last last season as well against the rabbits even though we lost um just to to play some finals footy was was pretty cool too i bet do you this is a really odd question do you feel like a first grader and i ask that because i've done so many of these interviews where guys say it may have taken 30, 50, 100 games before they felt comfortable within themselves. The great Gordon Tallis revealed on one of our Legends series interviews that it was eight seasons before he actually felt like he belonged. By this stage, he'd won premierships, he'd uh, won and captain Queensland, he uh, had played for Australia, he was the vice-captain of the Kangaroos, but he still didn't feel like he belonged, which is just wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy for someone to accomplish that much and, and, and say that. Um, yeah, for me, yeah, I guess it's probably not until you're, I, I guess it depends what, what age you sort of, you come into the NRL. But for yeah. me, it probably hasn't been to like the last three seasons, my last yeah. season at the Tigers and then my last last year at um, the Panthers that I probably felt like, oh, I'm a bit, I'm more of probably a senior player yep. amongst the group. Um that yeah, I thought oh yeah, I'm I'm probably yeah, a bit more influential amongst the team, mm. um, in, in what I say and, and yeah, what what you say to to get across to your teammate. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Like uh, you would have just every kid dreams of just playing one NRL game, mm. and then 
once you're there, you're like, oh, I just want to play as many as possible. Yep. And then I remember 50 wasn't that much of a big deal. I remember, you know, my wife sort of likes to make things out of milestones and stuff like that and said yeah. 50, she goes, oh my God, like you're a first grader sort of thing. And yeah. I said something like, oh, I'll probably consider myself a first grader if I, if I crack 100 sort of thing. So, you know, that's been a goal, you know, forever. You know, once you've played a couple, once you play 50, then you're like, all right, 100, you yeah. know. And in years to come, if you say you've played a 100 NRL games sort of thing down at the pub with, you know, whoever you're sharing a beer with, you go, oh, we've played 100 games. Like, you, you yeah. must have been doing something right. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. Mate, you are doing plenty right. Wishing you a happy 100th. I have no doubt there will be a heap more in the future too, mate. Chat again soon. No, thank you very much for having me. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. We start with the only guy to win a premiership with two Queensland clubs, Ben Hannant. Circumference at Maroochydore asks, 06 with the Broncos... Or 15 with the Cowboys? Does one premiership stand out more than the other? Yeah, definitely. 15, 2015 with the Cowboys. First time the Cowboys ever won one. I was a lot older. It took me nine years to get back there again. The first one in 06 with the Broncos, it was really special because I had all these superstars around me. Yeah. You had your Webkeys, you had your Darren Lockyers. But in 15, you know, it was a great opportunity. You saw how much it meant to the town. And having six of my kids here as well, like the highlight for me wasn't the game, it was after the match, walking around with my kids yeah. and seeing how proud they were, they're their dad, and that moment short, uh, that I shared with my kids, it was, it was it's something I'll never forget. It's a highlight of my career. Mate, a lot of guys du- during our interviews have said if they've won a premiership as a young bloke, having been successful in the junior grades, you think, oh, yeah, this is cool and I'll probably win another one in two years' time respectfully you almost take it for granted. Yeah, especially when you're at the Broncos. So I started at the Roosters, played eight games, yep. but that was my first full season 2006 where I played every game at the Broncos. Yep. So I just assumed Broncos are known. Every six years at that time, they'd win a comp. Yeah. You look at the history of the Broncos, they were winning all the time. Yeah. So I just assumed we won that year and there were just success would immediately follow after that. But little did we know in 2009, Wayne Bennett would leave, go somewhere else. Yeah. They'd have salary cap issues. A few of us would go down to the Bulldogs and uh, – you know, it was a long time, long, hard slog before we got success again. Still a long, hard slog. <laughs> Still waiting. Yeah, poor buggers. Time to head south to the national capital and Big Joe Tarpany. We'll start with Ben from Gungarland. He asks, is Josh Papalihi still getting better? He's, he's, he involves with the game as well. Like like we said, he, he was that big box head runner, runs hard, and he's he's got a, a ball playing side to him as well, which... Um, it's hard to read if you're playing him because you think he's just going to run over you, but then he just chucks the pass. So um, I, I feel like he's he's evolving as well. Question from me here. Josh Papali'i was Josh Papali. Chance Nickel Klukstar was Chance Nickel Clockstead. Did they get everyone together and, and explain, you know, the name change or did it just happen without anyone knowing? Um like in the background, I think NRL have been trying to get the names right for a while. Um, they still call me Tarpine and and that's it's Tarpany, but it's it's a work in progress. And I, I don't mind if they're trying, but if it just keeps 
happening. I think that's what what the NRL were trying to do, and um, I think it's good good for the game. Um, because our families, you know, when I first started playing, I I got calls from all my my my, my aunties, uncles, mum saying, you know, they pronounce your name wrong, and I'm like, I'm not in the box office, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. But, um, I think it's good. It's a good it's a good step forward. It's about respect too, and I, I, there are a lot of commentators in the game that show the players the respect they deserve and actually speak to the players and find out uh, exactly how to pronounce the name. I remember you as a young bloke of the Knights and, and up there I, you and I had a chat uh, before your, your first game and we got the pronunciation right. Some guys don't. Question, what's the greatest sound in the world? But what's better than cracking a coldie? Cracking half a dozen. This is Six Pack of Superstars revealing our top six. It's time to crack open another six pack again on the Weekly Watch. Kevin Proctor has been asked to nominate his most influential or best six Kiwi players ever, past or present. Who you got, mate? Jeez. Like one of my best mates, we were roomies for seven or eight years. So Jesse Bromwich, he, um, yeah. Whenever we got to play Kiwis together, it was it was always uh, a good time, and uh, I always cherish those moments as well. Like, we loved playing together at Clubland, but um, getting to represent our countries together was uh, pretty special to me as well. So he's probably he's probably one. Um, Ruben Wiki, like when yeah. we were growing up, he's always he's always someone to look up to. He um, he represents. I think he's, he's the most capped or him or Blairy, um, most capped Kiwi player. So it was always a pleasure to watch him play. Uh, uh, Stephen Kearney, um, he, he was he was always a pleasure to watch because I I had him down in Melbourne too as a coach yeah. and as a Kiwis coach. So he. Um, he was, and he, and he played the same position as me. So he was, um, he was probably number three. Uh, Stacey Jones, he's uh, he's probably one of the all-time greatest halfbacks to play for the Kiwis. So yeah. he was a pleasure to work with as well because he he coached uh, the Maldives team and and the Kiwis. You know, he, he was assistant coach, but uh, it was a pleasure working with him and, and watching him as a kid grow up. Um, and going like the other two, maybe I would have to say my my uncle Lindsay and and Gary Freeman. I think they played together. And um, to be honest, I wasn't watching rugby league as much back then, but um, I, I, I remember the names and I only watched them because it was obviously my uncle. But um, yeah, those are probably the other two that stand out to me. Jesse Bromwich, Ruben Wiki, Stephen Carney, Stacey Jones, Lindsay Proctor, Gary the Wiz Freeman. That is a Super 6. Don't forget galaxyfinance.com.au and ask for Leanne. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat for unfiltered listeners. Uh, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldy. Go hard on a five-leg multi and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. Listener.